Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast for Everything is Brand. This week, we want to talk about the user experience and ask the question, how does UX affect your brand? So Jeremy, user experience is a huge part of how we interact with our audiences. What are some of the most important things that we need to think about when it comes to brand and and developing UX for our digital properties that is accessible and easy to use and and all of those elements? Well, I think ultimately, you know, where you need to start is you need to remember that brand's not just visual. It's, It's much more than just a logo, which is often a common mistake. The brand is is really other people's perception of your company, your product, your service. And if you think about it, like if a website is frustrating to you, that really blows back on sort of sort of your brand as as a whole. So the user experience is really important because if people think about your website and think about the experience, they're going to ultimately remember that as part of your brand, and they're going to you know either choose to show share that with other people about how good the experience was or how poor the experience was. So it all comes full circle and really kind of affects your brand. Yeah. Do you think that we're in a situation right now? I mean, there's a lot of digital interaction that people are doing with with brands right now, because that's kind of the only way that we can do it in some cases. Do you think that there are user experiences that are actually creating negative aspects to brands that are creating negative feelings towards brands? Or in the opposite way, are, are people using the user experience to build even more positive connections with their audiences? Yeah. I mean, I think it's both of those things. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like if I go on a bad website, I remember that and that affects my brand. And on the other side of things, if I go on something that's really easy to use, um, that makes me really happy. <laughs> you know, I always say it's like, it's really about simplifying things. It's really about breaking it down and understanding what your company, business, whatever is, is trying to offer and not overcomplicate things, not over engineer things, uh, but really keep it simple, straight to the point, let people get in, let them do what they need to do and, and get on with their day in a sense. So I think that both of those things that you bring up are, are they happen all the time. And especially in, in this time where, yeah, everybody is being driven online through digital experiences, all that kind of stuff. I think that it's happening more and more every day. And to yeah. that point, really kind of focusing on the user rather than the company that's actually building the website or creating something for, for the customer or the consumer. It, it's really focusing on what will be the easiest way or the best way for that user to actually get through whatever experience, whether they're shopping online, whether they're doing research online, doing whatever it is that you as a brand want them to do, make it as easy as possible and take down your internal walls between departments and how your business operates and make that seamless, right? The customer doesn't care how you're structured internally. All they care about is what their experience is going to be like when they go to your website and and then throughout that entire experience. And I would actually say even across other digital channels. I think I think a lot of companies forget that piece. I think a lot of companies get caught up in their own ways and their internal politics and things like that. Uh, and they forget that it's really about making it easy for the user. Another thing that I always see too is a lot of people want to be 
unique. They want to be different. They want, you know, to use different words than everybody else and, and have different layouts of pages and setup and things like that. And I think that that's also a dangerous game that gets played because sometimes, you know, you want to use the word that everybody recognizes for a piece of your navigation. You don't want, you know, to turn your contact us page into something that, that isn't, you know, that makes it difficult for somebody to find. So there's always a fine line of trying to be unique and stand out, but also remembering that it needs to be easy for the user to navigate as well. So, And the, the you know, even the access of your digital channels for the user are important, wouldn't you say? Because, I mean, I'm thinking of the example right now that the government released this COVID-19 update app um, and yeah. they put it out into the marketplace and some of the people who are most affected by COVID-19 are unable to access it because you have to have either an Apple or Android device with the latest software on it where the price tag is so high. And, and so a lot of people who have maybe financial hardship or financial limitations that are most affected by COVID-19 can't even access the app itself. How does this kind of situation affect how we build user experiences? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough call, right? Because technology is obviously always getting better. So I think you try to design or build for the largest audience that you can. But at the same time, like Brad, you brought up a good point, like the COVID app is not accessible to everyone. But is it not better that it's out there? for some people than not being out there at all, right? Because that's always the question. And I think that it's up to the business to make those decisions based on what they can do and their limitations. I mean, we see it every day, like how far back do we go in terms of browsers? How far back do we go in terms of, you know, mobile operating systems, et cetera? Um, you know, and at some point you kind of have to draw those lines. And I think that ultimately it comes down to, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not, more than anything, it's technology. Like, I believe that this new COVID app is more based on Bluetooth than anything yes. else, which is quite yeah. unique, actually, right? It's not based yeah. on Wi-Fi, not based on the internet connection. It's, it's, it's actually based on Bluetooth. So we're talking about the fact that it's not accessible from a device standpoint, but it's now more accessible from you don't have to have a data plan for it, right? So yeah. there's, there's those kinds of things that come into play for sure. And I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, ultimately, I think, you know, my opinion is it's better that it's out there and some people are using it. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, a, it's an, there's a lot of interesting cases. Was it an oversight in the sense that they didn't plan for that because they were developing it fast? Uh, or was it just a matter of, you know, they, they planned for that and they knew that in order to develop it fast, they actually wanted to get it out, get it to at that level of technology, and then they'll go back and edit the code and whatever they need to do to you know to get it accessible to more people so so obviously we don't know what their strategy was behind it but to jeremy's point you know and, and i think that a lot of companies are doing that where they develop something that actually want to get it out as quickly as possible and then they go back and they they refine it and we actually see that quite a quite a bit from the user uh, experience as well you know whether that's a b testing that's actually built right into it or they actually release something knowing that it's not perfect and they'll actually, you know, make revisions and, and kind of go through that. Some of the feedback around that app in particular that people are saying is that they were very focused on the technology, which they should be, and kind of getting it out there, but that they didn't even consider that a lot of people wouldn't have access. And I think that comes back to something that we've talked about in previous podcasts, and that is the idea of representation, about, about making sure that you 
have input from across the range. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I agree that we always have to be making sure that we're pushing the envelope. But, you know, I think in this particular case, you know, it, it's very blatant that some people were left behind. But for a lot of corporations, they might not be thinking that it, you know, it, it might not even come into their consideration. And we don't necessarily want to stop technology, but how can we make sure that the user experience is one that really allows everybody. I mean, could could this, uh, the organization who put this together, could they have done something where the app was put out into the marketplace, but that, that there might've been a secondary access point, whether it be through a website or something, um, and, and I don't know what it would be from a technology perspective, but are there options and, and you know, do governments, do corporations, do, um, you know, any kind of organization that's putting anything out there, do they have options within developing that user experience that maybe broaden based on knowing their audience in a much deeper way? Well, I yeah. think it will, be it will be interesting to see what, what happens to this particular app over the next couple of weeks, a month, because they know that that's an issue. And, and again, the question really is, was it planned? Did they know that they were actually developing it this way? And they knew that was a shortcoming and, and they had a plan behind it or was it an oversight? And I think that that's, uh, it's going to be quite obvious, I think, in the weeks to come to see how they resolve this. I think you have to make those decisions as you're kind of coming out of the gate. I yeah. think you have to weigh all the different options. I think you have to look at all of that, that information that you can gather um, through, you know, users and talking to people and talking to internally, externally all of that, and you have to make a decision. Like ultimately, you're not going to be able to solve everything for everyone out of the gate. And I think that that's, you know, put it out there, iterate as we've said in the past, and keep moving forward is a big part of uh, user experience, right? Like it just, that's the way it has to go. There's things change so fast now, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, yeah. what we see today and what we see tomorrow are completely different things. And I mean, that's part of the excitement, really. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. part of all of these new things that are coming out, right? Like whether it's social media channels, all that kind of stuff, it's just constantly changing. People are moving from thing to thing. And it's so important to to be out there, to be in the face of the user. So, And something that you just said, which is this idea of iteration, which, you know, it, that wasn't always on people's radar before. It was kind of like, okay, if I'm going to create a whether it's a website or an app or a, a social channel or whatever, I'm just going to create it and then it goes up there. But this idea of iteration is becoming more and more part of the user experience, I guess, methodology, where you you kind of watch how people use things, you know, whether it's through heat mapping or whatever tools you have in your tool chest. But then you start to iterate whatever you're doing to develop the user experience based on the actual users. So instead mm -hmm. of knowing everything up front, you're actually monitoring these users and making changes as you go along. Do you think a lot of organizations are doing that? Or do you think that that's something that they're getting more and more used to? I think people are getting more and more used to it, for sure. I think it's still something that, you know, habits have to change. I mean, we all come from a world of back before it was digital, it was all printing, right? So and those brochures had to be perfect before mm. you printed them because it was you're printing 500,000 copies of something they were going to last for five to 10 years. And so it's been, everybody's been learning as we go. But then, you know, we work with the, the Canadian Olympic Committee, where from summer to winter to off year to on year, we are constantly changing their website 
for the different audiences and the different information. So, you know, as the Summer Olympics are coming, we're putting more summer content. We're changing everything that's being surfaced up. And then when winter rolls around, the Winter Olympics, it's time to change that all and strip out the summer stuff and put in the winter stuff. And that's the beauty of being online. That's the amazing thing is basically once the user has the URL, they just come back to this one spot and they get the latest information, right? But, they come back and it's changed for them. And it, but it also comes to the user profile. And, uh, you know, uh, when we're developing something, you know, cr creating those user profiles and figuring out who are the actual end users. Uh, and Christian, maybe you can speak to that a little bit in terms of developing those uh, profiles and knowing who we're actually building the app or website for and how they'll be using it and kind of get them through that in the best way possible, I guess. Brad, you brought a really good point earlier when you talked about the process, right? When a client had a problem, designers basically just jumped with a solution, right? When this UX process came in, we're talking about audiences and, and more specifically, well, we can't address the whole audience, so we, we have to come up with personas, right? And then we have to come up with specific objectives, strategies for those personas and features if we're talking about a website, an app that will solve that problem this specific persona has. So if brands start to use this process and determine their personas, they will be able to solve this problems or issues we're starting to see with this COVID app. Maybe they did not identify in time that kind of persona and mm. it couldn't have been identified without the proper use of the app. And to Jeremy's point, iterate and, and keep coming up with better solutions for those audiences that I don't know, weren't taken into consideration or, or maybe mm -hmm. have uh, new needs so we can carry on solving their problems, right? Yeah, so it, uh, it almost becomes this situation where you do the upfront work and you do, which we've always done, you know, anytime we've created, whether it's old school marketing or new school marketing in the digital realm, we've come up with kind of a plan and audience profile and personas. We, we do all of that pre-work, but then once we put it out into the marketplace, as you said earlier, Jeremy, then we have to start to monitor. We have to start to see how people are using it. And it goes back to this idea that nothing's ever going to come out of the box perfect. And even less so now, because we have so much opportunity to get that feedback where before, if you did a brochure or did something in a more traditional marketing way, I mean, you got feedback, but it wasn't that just in time or that detailed feedback that we're now able to access. So we're able to go into that information and really dive deep and find out how we can make this better. But it requires being out in the marketplace. So I know that that app is getting a lot of flack, but maybe it needed to go out into the marketplace in order to identify that persona. But the reality is, is that it goes out into the marketplace, we identify it. And as long as a solution is created to expand the user experience, then technically, I think we're doing the right thing. Wouldn't you all agree? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting kind of talking about this uh, topic. Like one of the things that um, I think is really important as well is bringing the right experts, you know, to actually uh, to come up with a solution. Quite often we see where it can be 
very technology focused. So the technology team, technology people are kind of running the show and it's all about that. And the user experience or the design of it is kind of on the sidelines. And that's, I think, for a really good solution, you really need the right experts at the table. It's content developers, right? People who are actually developing the content and thinking throughout that entire experience is the designers that are actually looking at the brand and how the brand will be designed into that user experience. It's And then, of course, it's the, the developers at the technology side of things that will actually determine which technology is the best one, you know, to actually apply it to, to the particular, you know, whether it's application, you know, an app or a website or whatever it is. There are so many options out there now that the teams really have to work together to kind of evaluate what is the best combination of all those to put it together and, and have the best possible result. It even goes deeper than that as things become more and more complex. So as you get into AI and, and elements like that, we may even want to reach out to psychologists or sociologists or to, to really understand how these applications are going to affect people and, and audiences. So there may be persona elements that a technology person will look at in a certain way. The content people may look at it in another way and the designers may look at it in another way. Well, then if you bring in other professionals, they may have a whole different take on what's important for that audience. So I think we're just at the very forefront of how important it will be to put those right teams together. And as the technology becomes more and more complex, understanding how it's going to affect the user in a very broad, broad scale. And further to that, listen to your users. Listen to your users. I yeah. can give you a, a, a very simple example. Netflix. You remember when they brought up this whole autoplay thing when you started browsing your movies and then the trailer would start automatically. Everyone hated it. So it's a matter of not just listening to what the experts say, but listening to what your users are saying as well. Yeah. Yeah, ultimately, though, I think, you know, the, the question that needs to be asked as a gate is what problem are you trying to solve? You need to yeah. build on top of that. That's the first question before you decide what technology, you know, any of that stuff. It's like, what are we trying to do here? Like, what, you know, what is the what, what are we measuring success against? What what is that problem that we're trying to solve? Because if you start with that everything else will kind of fall into place. It's when we show up to the table and say, oh, we're using this technology, but this is the problem we have to solve. Well, that technology doesn't help us solve that problem. We have a new problem to solve. We don't have that original problem anymore. We have multiple problems. So I think, you know, it, it is that. It's, it's gathering all of the right people at the table and everything else will kind of build on top of that. If we, you know, as much as we talk about iteration, 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 if we don't have a solid foundation to build on top of, that's where the problems start because we can try to change things, but we're always going to be dealing with limitations based on, you know, and then we're going to have to go back even further. Whereas if we start and we plan and we spend that time up front with our processes, like we talk about, then I think that that really ultimately puts us two solid feet on the ground and sends us in the right direction. And from there, we can change, we can modify, we can talk to our users, we can talk to the experts and we can keep things going. But Yeah, if we don't do that stuff, then we're already dealing with things that we should we don't need to be dealing with. So, and to that point of a solid foundation, one of the elements that that's critical as well is making it your own in terms of applying your brand to to that experience. And by having a really solid foundation in terms of kind of the user experience, 
it makes it uh, a lot easier to actually then bring the brand's personality into that experience as well. You can have a really solid structure in terms of how the, the person is going to move through that experience. And then you can apply your brand, whether that's funnier language, interesting graphics, you know, more corporate graphics, plain language, like whatever your brand's personality is and, and positioning, it makes it a lot easier to then apply to that uh, to, to the solution because you already know that you have a solid foundation and you have a really good way of actually getting that experience across. And then it, it's really the, the brand is really just enhancing that experience at that point. Yeah, I think like ultimately, if you're if you think about it, right, like you can have three companies trying to solve the same problem. It's the brands that are going to make it unique, right? They're the different brands are what's going to make those that experience unique. So I think that that's absolutely correct. One of the most important things is that if you don't have a strong foundation that you can't iterate anyway, because no one's going to come in the first place. So in order to get the kind of iteration that you're going to need, you have to ensure that that foundation is good enough to attract and, and get people using it in the first place. And one of the most important elements of user experience is the word user. And at the end of the day, your user is your audience, it's your customer, it's the stakeholders that you're trying to reach on an ongoing basis. And as long as we understand that the user has to be central to that, whether it's in the foundational stage or in the iteration stage, then I think that we can really understand how to build all of that to answer that question, like you said, Jeremy, of what problem you're trying to solve, and then use the brand to push it out into the marketplace in a way that allows us to really be differentiated, not necessarily from a word in the navigation or a way of, you know, being a little humorous, but a, a total experience that is unique uh, and allows you to stand out from your competitors. Because at the end of the day, any of your digital properties ultimately are trying to push your brand forward, whether that's going to result in leads, whether it's going to result in sales, and ultimately result in revenue. And as an organization, that's what we're trying to do. And user experience has to support that in whatever way it can. But if we don't pay attention to what the requirements are to build that in the right way, then we're going to just be in a situation where someone else is going to come from the left and say, okay, we've built a better user experience and we're starting to take your users away from you now. So I think we really have to be focused on making sure that we build it right. We ask the right question, which is what problem are you trying to solve? We iterate even during the foundational element to understand that that problem may change as we go along and, and really making sure that the problem that we, we originally set out is the one that we're trying to solve or the new problem that we discover as we go along. And then really putting it out to the users and using all the tools in our tool chest to understand what it is that they like, what they don't like, what works, what doesn't work and iterate it, and then finally lay our brand over top of it so that we can be unique in the marketplace and continue to build everything that we're trying to do with our organizations. So the reality is, is once again, everything comes back to brand. And as important as UX is, ultimately what it needs to do is drive our brand in the marketplace. So that's this week's edition of Everything is Brand. Join us next week where we're going to continue on this discussion and talk about how brand can continue to help you drive your audiences, drive your mission and vision and values. And remember, everything is brand.